Happy New Year. Oh my goodness. Did I just wake up and it is incredibly over with? Like, if you are listening, I believe this is our episode 33. 33, Michelle. That is so incredible. I am so excited to be here on this podcast and this episode. And we are in, if you're listening to this in real time, we are in 2021 in a new year. And if you're listening to us later, hey, it's a new journey for you every day of the year. So let's talk about what this series is going to be about, Michelle. Gosh, I feel like it's it's a moment of reflection for all of our listeners, including ourselves, to talk through past uh, experiences that they've had. And you don't have to wait until you start a new year to start a new you or to have to reflect or to have a journal or a, a gratitude journal, whatever it is. I want you listeners to listen on the phone right now or listen on your podcast or whatever, like on your computer, wherever you are. If you're driving right now, whatever you're doing, I need you to listen. I need you to listen well, because this this episode is going to be the one for the books. We are closing up a year. We are recapping the last several months. We're on episode 33 right now, everyone. Michelle, what is this episode going to be about? Guys, you know, it, it's something traditionally, and to, to Maria's point, you shouldn't wait until things like the beginning of a new year. But traditionally, that's what people do. They, they take December, they reflect back on the year, what went well, where they struggled, and then start to apply that in the new year. I used to set New Year's resolutions. We're going to pause a minute because there are a few things that Maria and I do not have in common. Um, she's very goal oriented. Maria, have you ever set New Year's resolutions? I have. I actually have one right now that I'm about to do. I literally have a eight week challenge um, and a resolution that I'm going to be doing um, to conduct a transformation. So I'm like such a New Year's resolution geek. Yes. And here's the thing. She always accomplishes them. She accomplishes them because that's who she is. The problem is most of the world, they make these New Year's resolutions and then they do, you know, the whole adage that people are like, I'm going to lose weight in the new year. And for the first two weeks of January, you can't get on an elliptical machine at the gym. And then if you just wait two weeks, gym's empty. Nobody's around. That's me. I get so angry that people literally are at the gym. And I'm like, listen, all of you with your like inspiration right now, it's great to be motivated, but get the hell off my treadmill because you're not going to be there for another couple of weeks. Like if you are not motivated, you need to go home and pretend like you're motivated on your couch or something like. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But you're, you're dead on. And it's so funny. So Um, Marie and I, we were talking about this concept of word of the year. Word of the year works for me, where New Year's resolutions don't. Goals and resolutions work for Maria. And so for us to be successful, we sort of got to have a balance of both, right? So whether you're a resolution setter or the concept of word of the year, and word of the year is pretty easy. It's, It's kind of following the same thing you do with a resolution. You think about something you want to do different in your life. With a with a word of the year, you think about it more abstractly at a high level, which 
may feel like it goes against the grain because you don't have actions. So how are you going to get it done? But when you follow your entire year with that word in your mind, you lean towards it. And so like, for example, I've been doing this for probably about four, five years at this point with word of the year last year. Um, my word was focus. Now, when I set that, the intention of that word at the beginning of the year, it was to focus on this business, which we did do some great things and we're going to talk about them. I ended up, however, spending the vast majority of my time focusing on um, policies and procedures surrounding COVID-19, right? It was still, it was some of the most intense focus that I think I've ever had to have in my life. And so the word did play out. It just didn't play out the way I'd planned it. And so that's the idea is if you have kind of this guiding word that you'll make those choices. My word for 2021 is connect, connect to myself and who I truly am, connect to a higher power, savior of your choice, mine's the savior of my choice, right? Connect to people um, within the HR community, connect to the learning and development community, connect things for other people. So I'm a big fan of seeing connections that other people don't, how things link together. And I think that was why one of the reasons I was excited about this series, but Maria, you and I went through a couple of iterations of what January was going to be before we settled on this. And so guys, I want to tell you why this started and sort of what it evolved to. So recently, there has been, well, probably within the last four to five months of, uh, of the year of 2020, uh, there have been a ton of memes about how, thank God, 2020 is almost over. Like, can we just survive 2020? 2020 was horrible. And there's a question that there are some incredible tragedies that happened in 2020, right? But it started me thinking about something a friend of mine, Kristen, said, and she said, were there some good things? Because I said the same thing to her. I used some mean joke and I said, you know, if you can do 2020, you can do anything. I think that's what it was. Um, if you can do 2020 as an HR professional, you can do anything, And she laughed and she said, but weren't there some good things? I had to sit and think about it. And as I see more kind of jokes coming through about how horrible the year was, it makes me think about the fact that we might try to erase it all, which could mean some lessons for some of us that get erased in the process or some great accomplishments that don't necessarily get acknowledged. So what we really want to do is uh, bring on a few guests who learned some great lessons this year or had some great accomplishments. Marie and I are going to share some of our accomplishments as well or some lessons that we've learned throughout the year. We're not saying 2020 was a good or a bad year. The truth is every year for someone is a shit year. Every year is the worst year of someone's life. It's just not usually, it just usually doesn't impact the world globally the way 2020 did. So this is a good lesson, whether you're in a pandemic or just in general, that you might have a lot of shit that happened within the year, 
but there's some good stuff too. You might just have to work harder to remember it. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point. I feel like 2020 is the lemons. And at some point, someone's making some lemonade out of it. And, you know, I think there's a a lot of businesses and leaders and individuals that are stopping and taking a quick pause and trying to determine what went well, right? I think as you get to a new year, it creates a time of reflection that normally doesn't come. And whether it's a calendar year or a fiscal year, there's some sort of reflection that happens in businesses where you're reflecting on EBITDA and revenue and numbers and how programs went to the same thing at the end of a calendar year where you're just reflecting on how your life went. And I think there's so much positive that's come out of a year that has been I guess, categorized as as a pandemic, as turmoil, as tragedy. We can't forget, you know, there were babies that were born out of the pandemic. Um, there, There was life given, even though there was much life that was taken. And so, you know, we have to be able to celebrate the small wins as they come even when there's more losses in that time. So yeah, it, uh, Michelle, gosh, you've had such a year of pandemic chaos, but you've also had some success. And I am so incredibly proud of how this year has ended for you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? As we both talked about, sometimes it's hard to know it in the minute, right? So as it was happening, I was not excited about it. That's for sure. Yeah. In fact, I might have called it the worst experience in my life today. You know what? That bad experience is the reason that you and I together get to go forward and help businesses be successful in a way that positively impacts their EBITDA and their employees, right? And I don't know that we would have been in a position to be as aggressive in that move forward if that bad stuff had not happened to me, right? But before we go into that a little bit, and I talk about some lessons learned, first of all, we started a podcast in 2020. We did. I think there's a lot that came out of our business this year, which is so interesting from a real talent perspective. We, gosh, we formed March, end of March um, of 2019. And very quickly, we got our business up and going. And from there, it just kind of moved. And then Michelle came to us one day and said, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't know how the hell to do that, but let's figure it out. And I did a bunch of research and Michelle was already an expert and we started a podcast and now we're 33 episodes in. And it's so incredible where our journey has taken us because we have listeners that reach out to us from all parts of the world and from different types of businesses um, that are listening to us. And it is super exciting to just hear how we are impacting individuals and different businesses and how much other people are on board with that. I mean, if we rewind and go back to, gosh, the first couple of episodes of this podcast where we talked about why this business started, 
we started this business because we want to help people not hate their jobs, right? We want to help businesses and, and leaders get out of their own way and create that environment that people want to come to and to take a look and assess um, where their pitfalls are. And we literally worked for such crappy leaders at such amazing businesses that we wanted to inspire other businesses to do more from a people perspective. And this is why we came into it, because we don't want to sit there and put the icing on the cake and everything smells like roses. No, we keep it real, like real, real. And I I think, you know, those first couple of episodes, I was all like, let's go do this. But I think there were times where it's like, who's going to listen to us just talk about what's broken, right? And offer advice to make it better. Like who just wants to come listen to us, but they do, right? We get past those first couple of episodes. I would say when I went into it, one of the things that really occurred to me was that you and I were on an island, that you know, clearly no one else saw the world the way that we did, that you could actually find some really great fulfillment in a job helping an organization achieve organizational goals if the organization was set up successfully. And I really believed we had to be the only people that thought that because like you said, we've worked in places that are perceived to be amazing organizations, but because we fell under um, less than amazing leaders, they weren't from our perspective, right? And this series has taught me that people do listen. One of the things that I remember, I always used to hate this as a speaker when I would do keynotes or I still do those, but, or do facilitation and people would say, you're so entertaining. And I'd be like, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to help you grow. Um, And what I learned and what I embraced was it's got to be a balance of both because grownups like being entertained as much as children do, right? It just has to be in a way that they, that they appreciate. So it's kind of cool. You know what else is really cool about this podcast? We just get to talk to each other. That's true. <laughs> we just get to talk about stuff. When we get to talk right? about other people's problems and other companies. And it's kind of cool because we have as many similarities as we have on how we approach things from a business perspective. We do have a lot of differences as far as our own personal day-to-day. So it's kind of really cool to talk through both kind of steps in what, you know, how we take our steps in our personal lives as well as in our work lives. Yep. I left a job that was not working out for me or the company. That was a big step this year. Good for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big one. I knew it wasn't working out for me when I started altering my values to try to be successful in a place where I knew I like I compromised who I was and every day sort of felt like a struggle. You talk about we want people to get up and want to go to work. And here's an example of compromising who I am. And by the end of this process, 
I didn't want to get out of bed to take a shower. Now, if somebody had called me and said, hey, let's go have breakfast, I'd have been like, sweet, I'm in. I'd have been up right away, right? But the idea of getting up to go log into a computer to do work, I just didn't want to do it anymore. It was not an environment that worked for me during the process. I think I beat myself up a lot. I was beat up a lot because I wasn't successful at what I was doing. Um, but I beat myself up a lot because I, I knew that I was compromising myself. I didn't beat myself up for bad work because, dude, listen, there are going to be very few things that I get arrogant about, but work's going to be one of them. I'm pretty freaking good at this HR stuff. There are pieces of it I don't like, like the policies and procedures. I'm pretty freaking good at this. So I'm not beating myself up about the quality of my work or doing my job. It was it was an internal conflict with what I felt like I had to do in order to be successful in that environment. And that, like, I'd have probably been happier if I just sucked at my job. Like, I'd have gotten through that. But that internal conflict is... For me personally, it may not be a challenge for everyone, and I'm not judging you, but I've learned I'm an INFP, and if you don't know your Myers-Briggs type indicator, that's my four-letter word, INFP, and as an INFP, I process and generate my activities based on a value system that I've defined for myself, and I didn't get to live that value system anymore. It felt like torture, Maria. You had to hear it almost every day. Sorry. (laughs) It's, it's, it's fine. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it felt like torture for you. Um, but it was really creating growth and lessons learned at the same time that you didn't really feel at the moment. I'm sure. Right. No, completely didn't. I think between you, people like you in my life, we both have a really good friend, Michael Salazar, he was a great resource. My family's incredible. My family is incredible. And then I have some incredible coaches in my life that were willing to call me out on my shit when I was being whiny. You guys are really good at being like, um, stop being whiny. But you're also really good at acknowledging when I'm coming from a place that is true to me, right? Because you know me a little, you know me. But um, this lesson's a big one and it's sad It's sad for me because of my age and then I'm going to say this, but 2020 taught me that I define who I am. Nobody else gets to define who I am. Not a boss, not a peer, not a friend, not my parents, not um, a spouse or a boyfriend. I define who I am and I will live true to that from this day forward for as long as I'm, I'm alive, right? I don't think... I would have learned that lesson had I not experienced what I have. That's great. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go through the rough patches in order to find the sunshine. You have to walk through the storm. You do. Storms suck. (laughs) Chase. Um, It'd be nice if like life came with a handbook or something. Oh, that would be awesome. For the record, a real talent. We can help you write your handbook for work life. <laughs> quick plug, listeners, quick plug. <laughs> so Maria, what's something big that you took away this year? 
It was interesting because I went through the pandemic. You know, I started off the year really exciting, excited and exciting uh, and exciting times, right? I was like, just like everyone else, I was on a boat for New Year's 2019. It was midnight 2020. And I was like, yes, this is going to be the best year of my life. I'm going to Italy and Greece in the summer. And then March took a turn and it was like, wah, 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 like, not happening. Just kidding. And so I was very bummed because I haven't been able to literally check off things on my bucket list that I've been wanting to do. And at the same time, I was fearful, just like everyone else, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. So it made me work like twice as hard, right? Because I was in such fear and turmoil of losing my job. And so I worked twice as hard. I think during the pandemic, I still went to the office I'm still going to the office. I was working 18 hour days. I experienced burnout. But I will say it wasn't until the last 30 days of December where I literally stopped and did some reflection. And I sat there and I processed and I said, you know what? The great thing about 2020 is that A, I'm still alive and very healthy and knock on wood, haven't contracted uh, COVID throughout this process. So I've been trying to be as safe as possible and make very safe choices. I have found a way. um, So a couple of years ago, I experienced a couple of really bad car accidents. The last one nearly killed me. And so I'm, you know, still kind of going through that. And some days are better than others. Um, But I will say that one of the things that I personally turned to this year was to create a healthier me and to go and work out and go to the gym. So, you know, I, I signed up at a gym and I've been going there, you know, ever since this pandemic and outside too when they were shut down. But I've really put more focus into my personal physical health and trying to overcome some of those barriers. And I think that was kind of a light bulb for me. In addition, from September through November, I was working 23 hour days at work. I know crazy for the most part, Um, some weekends off, but for the most part, I've been working weekends straight because I support Globe. And so, uh, you know, from a global functions perspective, it's been quite the challenge when I lost one of my team members out in APAC. So trying to work U.S. hours, have a person in Europe, and then also not, you know, trying to be that person in, in APAC was a real challenge for me. And so I was super excited to finally get what people call sleep. I don't know if you guys know, I, I, I'm sure you guys know what this is, but I have not experienced it <laughs> in over like 60 plus days um, and even further, probably longer than that, because I do wake up in the middle of the night and answer questions. And so I'm Michelle will say it like I never sleep. And literally over the last three weeks, I've actually slept like hours upon hours in the middle of the night, like without waking up due to neck pain or due to work related pieces or whatever. So it's been incredibly inspiring and motivating to me because one of the steps to becoming a healthier you and you'll read these like from like CEOs and companies and whatnot is to get at least seven plus hours of sleep every night for you to be successful. And some of the most successful people sleep really well. And so I encourage you to do what it takes 
to help you get some sleep. And I'm like the worst sleeper. I wake up in the middle of the night. It's hard for me to go back to bed. I encourage everybody, this is like a plug for Headspace, um, but Headspace helped me because they're like a meditation app. But like, if you go on there, there is a go back to bed app. And I would try to do it myself for forever. And then all of a sudden I got this app for free provided to me through the pandemic. And it's actually helped me a lot better than any other medication could. So pretty exciting um, for the most part. I know that's kind of a a long-winded spiel to my journey, but really focusing on a healthier me has been really important. I have probably more migraines now than I had in the past. um, So that's not helping, but I've had more time to like process and do things. And gosh, over the last couple of weeks, with sleep and not having to work all day. Like it's crazy. Like I'm like reading books and like doing stuff, you know, like normal people do. It's the craziest thing, everyone. I don't know. I don't know. It's nice to work out like a nine to five job. So, you know, it's funny. A lot of people talk about, oh, I never get any sleep. I never get any sleep. Guys, I'm not kidding you. Maria and I are on two different time zones and it does not matter. So naturally my sleep pattern would probably be to go to sleep around three, four o'clock in the morning. Like just that time works for me as a creative person. And what I can tell you is seriously, it does not matter the time of the day. If I send a text, she will respond. And what I expect, and it never happens, and I always make fun of her, is like, I'll send her a text, be pretty late my time, probably like well, pretty late her time, 12, one o'clock in the morning, and she'll answer it immediately. And then I'll send one earlier in the morning, like, you know, nine or 10. So we're talking about six o'clock her time. So I expect not to get a response. And I always get a response. So with the market, she just doesn't sleep. So you know what? That's what we want to do here. And we're going to bring in some great people. We have a different guest who's going to visit us every single episode. There's some pretty amazing people, amazing in their jobs, as well as amazing in their personal lives. And they're going to do kind of the same thing that we did here. They're going to share with you some of the good things that they reflect on from 2020, because 2020 was a trash dump, but all trash dumps have some... Yeah, you know, have you ever have you ever heard that thing? Somebody's trash is somebody's treasure. Yes, it's like someone's lemons are someone else's lemonades. Come on, Michelle. Exactly. So they're going to share some of the 2020 lemonades um, that they made from their lemons and some lessons in how they're trying to incorporate it into their lives. Yeah, I'm excited for this series, Michelle. I think it's great. You know, we've we've overcome some barriers barriers ourselves and challenges. We've had some uh, some downtimes and some great times, and I'm really looking forward to the series to hear just stories, inspirational stories about what's transpired with people's lives and how they've turned their lemons into lemonade. Did it. absolutely me too. Now I do. You said this in the beginning, and I think. Let's just kind of reiterate this at the end. There's a lot of tragedy that happened in 2020. I actually remember someone saying on, I think it was on Facebook, where they said, have you ever seen a purge like this ever in your lifetime? And 
for the people that are going to tell me how many people die of cancer, and by the way, my dad did, so please, I don't need a lecture. I know how many people die from cancer or how many people die from the flu. I know all of those things exist. I think what makes this different is two things, that condensed time frame for which those deaths happen from COVID-19 kind of all squished together where like with cancer, it's spread out through time. You sprinkle a lot here, a little here, a lot here. And I think the other thing is even with, with some other thing, even cancer being one of them, cancer is more prevalent in some countries than it is others, right? And this pandemic, it hit everybody like hard and it called into reality some systemic failures you know in our in our medical process and the fact that we ran out of beds and that that ended up being the reason that some people died is because there just wasn't a medical place for them to be treated so um, there was a lot of tragedy and we're not trying to negate the suffering that people have had what we are trying to get you to do is to pause and look at some of the things that did come out of it from a positive perspective. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I agree with you, Michelle. I, you know, I was reading the Washington Post, uh, gosh, the other day or a couple of weeks ago, and um, they talked about how, you know, the this pandemic is equivalent to like four Vietnam Wars or, you know, all wars combined. Um, so, you know, the, the amount of deaths are equivalent to multiple wars of how many soldiers have actually passed from those wars. So it is extreme tragedy from a global perspective. Some countries are doing this really well and they've seen light at the end of the tunnel rather quickly. But some haven't. I think, you know, kind of reverting back. Yes, we're not kicking off a new year, kind of moving past that and trying to not acknowledge the, that and reflect on that. Trust me, there's there's every day has been a reflection. I think today is March 467th or something like that. I don't know. So I think everybody has literally been reflecting on it daily. But I think it's something where we're just taking a pause and not only reflecting and taking that moment of silence for those that have lost their lives, but also taking a moment of discussion to those that have actually had positive things come out of, of the pandemic and, and talking through how we move forward and, and continue momentum through that, through all that tragedy. So, you know, I think that's an important piece to highlight. There was some kind of I don't know if it was wishful thinking or crazy hope or what it was. Um, but I think that until very recently, most of the world spent their time thinking, oh, 2021 and 2020 will be over. And yes, it'll all be great again. AJ pointed this out in our December podcast series where he said 2021 isn't going to change it. Um, and if you listen to healthcare professionals, the state of our life isn't going to change even when the vaccine is a little more available. It's going to take time to really change the curve of this direction. And so instead of like everybody holding their breath until this is over, let's just stop and let's see what we need to take away from it and let's move forward. And I think that's also what we're trying to do here is, you know what, it's time to look at it, good, bad, and ugly and move forward with something. And in this case, hopefully something that's a little inspiring. Totally. 
I can't wait to be inspired some more. So next week we have, we're not even going to tell you about her because we're going to let her tell you a little bit about herself, but we have someone that you and I both had an opportunity to work with early in our HR careers. Yeah, I'm super stoked and I'm excited to see our future speakers as well, Michelle. So um, listeners, we are going to end on this note, but I want you to continue to think through, okay, after this episode, this this episode is going to pause and stop here in a moment and you're going to continue on to episode 34. But until then, I want you to be motivated. I want to inspire you to reflect. Go back, reflect on your last week, on your last day. Do it right now as soon as this is over. Until next time. Bye, listeners. Bye.